0: Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Hey, gang. Happy Thursday. Thanks for joining us today. This is Casey Up Hughes, and I've got Mandy Sisko with me today. Hey and we are taking over the Join the Journey today because Emma is out in Israel having An amazing time. I'm so jealous. I know. Oh my goodness. So good. But just wanted to introduce ourselves. We did a takeover last year, but I serve here at Watermark in the Women's Bible Study Ministry on Thursday night. I love helping women dive into their Bibles and getting to know God better. But I am a mom, married for, oh my gosh, almost 18 years, and I've got two kiddos, two boys. I'm officially what you call a boy mom.
1: Okay, I'm Mandy Sisko. I am married to Lance, who is the marriage director here at Watermark, and I serve in women's Bible study and with him on the marriage team as often as I can. I have four kids. Uh, mostly boy mom, Mm -hmm. one girl, three boys, and um, yeah, family life keeps us busy.
0: Well, before we start... We are supposed to remind you guys about a sharing contest that we have going on right now for Join the Journey, Mm -hmm. contest to share, tag, show us how are you joining us in the journey on a daily basis, tag Watermark Church, but all of those details for this contest that are going on are in the show notes, so check those out, and we would just love to see how you are joining us on this trek through the Bible. We're going to kick it off, and I'm going to let Mandy take us away. We are in Exodus 17 and 18 today.
1: Yes, two good chapters that had a ton to cover in it but we're just going to cover maybe three main topics from um from those two chapters that I felt were really fun to read first of all and had a lot of meat to offer from the Lord. So, let's talk about the Israelites' sin struggle of distrust. This is not the first time we've seen this. It happens often and I th- feel like for myself, I can relate a lot, right? You like, you have an immediate need, it's not met. And what's the first thing we do? Like, Lord, where are you? Are you even here? Like, do you even care? What's going on? And that's where we see the Israelites at the beginning of Exodus 17, just questioning Moses, ultimately questioning the Lord's provision. But did you did you find that funny, Casey? Oh, absolutely.
0: Like, I mean, just this is where I I, re- I relate to you, oh, Israelites. Right. Of making my circumstances bigger than the Lord.
1: Absolutely. And so the question that I was asking myself is, where am I allowing an unmet need to cause me to question the Lord? And man, that's like a spiritual spanking for me right there. Mm -hmm. Um, But a good question to ask. But the amazing part is that God shows so much generosity and so much graciousness because He actually provides what they're begging for and asking for in a really miraculous way, which I thought was Just kind, just the kindness of God in doing that. Um, But what He really wants us to see is not that like, hey, I can provide these physical things for you, your physical needs. But like, He's more than that. He is providing our living water, which last time Casey and I were on the (laughs) podcast, this is where we landed was with this and how the Lord provides that living water. I loved. But the another really cool part about this you guys is that the Feast of Tabernacles is something that the Jewish people would do on a yearly basis and it was and part of that is recalling the 40 years in the wilderness which I think is really cool. And during the Feast of Tabernacles in John 7, he actually starts talking about that he is the living water during the Feast of Tabernacles, when they're already thinking about being in the wilderness and not having that provision. So I think that that's really cool. Let's jump to the next part, because then we find that we're in battle with the Amalekites. And this is a really beautiful picture of, you know, every time that Moses's hands are up, then they're winning the battle. Every time they're down, they're not. And we see his friends come around him and hold his hands up. What did you think of that
0: part? I just love it. It's a just a beautiful picture of community and friendship, and then even just recognizing that we can't do it alone, that when we are in the midst of the battle, when we're in the midst of the storms, we need others to help us, point us back to the truth of Christ. And, and it just reminds me of like, sometimes my nature is to hold back and to not invite others in and feel like God's holding out on me or not providing for me in that moment. But if I am in a point of just looking towards others and looking towards Him, He is faithful to remind us of how we have others here. He has provided others to help lift up our hands Mm -hmm. and remind us of the truth of His Word.
1: Yeah, and allow people to be that blessing in your life, right? The other really neat part about this section of Scripture, I thought, was when the Lord says, write this down Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: make sure that Joshua hears it. In some versions it says, recite it in the ears of Joshua. And I really, I kept rereading that and thinking like, man, why does Joshua need to hear this so bad? But it's because for generations and generations, we are going to fight these same people. And the Lord wanted to make sure that he knew that they will be defeated. Yep. I will be victorious. And so the Lord is my banner, that flag of victory. He's saying, wave it. And I don't know about you, but if you already know the outcome of something, you're going to fight a lot differently. And I I just, man, I just have thought a lot about that. This week, after reading that, of like, where do I need to step into places? Where do I need to claim that the Lord is my banner and um, be reminded that we're already victorious? I think that's really cool. Fast forward a little bit to chapter 18, and who's this Jethro guy? He shows up on the scene.
0: Jethro is Moses' father-in-law, and we know he's a priest of Midian. So he was a believer of God, but it is so interesting that we see him return he brings Moses' wife and kids all back. and But he's just this—he's this dear man that we can tell that Moses has a relationship with. Moses trusts him. He's an elder. He's got wisdom. Mm-hmm. And we just see this really beautiful picture of what—how God uses Jethro. Mm-hmm.
1: It's such a sweet relationship. I really love it. And I love that he he straight up says, hey, what you're doing is not good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, man, it takes it takes somebody that you really trust to be able to say that to you and for you to respond in the way that I feel like Moses does, which I'm so impressed with. Here is the leader of the Israelite people. Think of all the things he's led all these people through, and he responds so humbly, so teachably— and he takes that instruction, and it it says he listened to his father-in-law and did everything he says. It says that in verse 24. And I just thought that was a beautiful picture of just humility to be such a strong leader, um, have so much importance within this group of people, and to have somebody look at you and go, hey, this isn't good. Let's do something different here. And he And he did it. He listened, and he did it.
0: Yeah, and that verse 18 where it says you are not able to do it alone, mm-hmm. I think it's just a sweet reminder and even a tie back to 17 of like Moses seeing like what does it look like to be a leader or what does it look like to be in the faith? Like sometimes we feel like we are, we we carry that burden alone and we don't. Like he provides other people, it's our willingness to be humble and have humility to receive um, and have discernment right. to see that this guy's got a great idea. And that, I mean, it just goes on and carries on to be so helpful for the whole tribe for years to come.
1: Right, that teachability made a huge difference. Um, When I look back at at chapter 17 and 18, I really was asking myself, what do we learn about God? What what do we learn about God in these chapters? This is actually kind of a kick to my huddle leader, Sarah Fusco, because she would ask me that every time we read every chapter of the Bible. (laughs) I'm like, okay, what do we learn about God? And so when I was looking at it, I saw... We learn that God gives good gifts. He gave the provision of the water in the wilderness. He gives the victory in the battle. And he gave that guidance to Moses from Jethro. Um, and those three things, provision, victory, and guidance, are all just good gifts. And he gives those to us today. That, that wasn't just for Moses. That isn't just those stories of the Old Testament. Those are, are living and active today, the, those gifts from God. Um, and they may be different than that, but those are three pretty amazing gifts.
0: I love that. Well, Mandy, we are out of time. So as always, I am so glad that we're on this journey reading the Bible together. Me too. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe. Because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.